The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, and we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We are back inside the SWB studios. Yes, we are. It's SWBC mm-hmm. Studios. I left the C off there. It's okay. No C. Got it done. No C. Okay. As in Patrick, yeah. no Unless C. It's Walker. SWBC. Then yeah. we'll, we'll allow that. Yeah, we'll we'll let that one happen. We've yeah. got the big logo up on, over my left yeah. shoulder here, Bang. anyway. So it works out that way, gentlemen. How we doing? Isaiah Stanback, Patrick, no C. Walker, mm-hmm. Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam in the back. Mm-hmm. I missed you guys. Yeah, I missed you too, man. bro. I was indie man. I was gonna say we didn't have a chance to miss each other. We yeah, were, you guys yeah, we were showing the whole show time. Brothers, the hip. <laughs> we were showing the show. You guys stay at a train station, or did you guys stay at another hotel? Uh, another hotel. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I might have stiff armed Patrick one time, like while we were just trying to get in the media scrum. We didn't even know we were just trying to get up there, and I might have elbowed him a couple mm. times. It probably happened, and I probably returned the favor if not. Yeah, to you, at to, least then to someone else, maybe. By decked accident, me twice by accident. So I, I mean, had already passed by, and you just hit the guy behind hey, me. You know, we got to get in there. We got to talk to these <laughs> prospects. We got to see who the Cowboys are interested in, who mm. they have yet to show interest in. You know, we're trying to build our own version of the Cowboys big board yep so you know got to get in there and we'll we'll talk plenty of draft today we'll talk about our our takeaways from the nfl combine we may even hear a story or two of isaiah's combine Mm. by the time this show is all said and done people don't understand how much goes into the make them understand it's a long week man it's a long week most people see what they see the last day Mm -hmm. of these guys scouts yeah Yeah, yeah, the the scouting day where they're on the the drills Yeah. yeah that's the stuff that people see on tv what they don't see is all the medical checks Nope. What they don't see is the trips to go get MRIs and go get X-rays and go get CAT scans. What they don't see is the late night meetings on your little card that you have on a little lanyard on your neck talk that you have to go in and meet with five, six different teams every night and talk to them and talk to their offensive coordinators and their head coaches and their GMs. And they don't see all that strenuous work that's done. Oh, and then wake up that day and, and put out your best performance that's going to either make or break your draft yep. stock, you know? So, I mean, it's a lot that goes into it. Guys are drained. They're tired. They're they're not necessarily sitting around, you know, eating the, the best all the time. Right. Um, you know, they're they're having to have all these other meetings that are going along. So, it's just – it's really a drawn-out week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that you see on TV is what people most care about. And that's literally when you're most fatigued is when you actually have to put out that performance. Yeah, and I mean – all of that on top of the fact that you have to get up on a podium and speak to the media. And a lot of these guys, some of these guys are very polished in doing that already. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys, not so much. And it can be a little bit taxing mentally to have that fatigue from going through everything you went through in the week. Because those guys were coming out to the podium directly from medicals. So you don't know what those conversations they were having back there. They could have been positive. They could have been not so great. But no matter what the conversation was, no matter what they had gone through to that point in the week, you still got to get on that podium and put your best, fe- best face forward. Because because one wrong quote 
one, you know, mm -hmm. misinterpreted mood or attitude and it perception. Absolutely. And then the perception starts to, you know, attach itself and create its own narrative yeah. and the narrative starts to, to gain. And especially nowadays in the social media aspect of it, because, you know, pre-2006, before Twitter and Facebook, all of this was still going on, but yeah. not to this degree. Fact. So these guys have to walk this fine line of trying to be mm -hmm. perfect in the media. Yes. While also trying to walk with the, the fine line of these conversations with OCs and DCs and, and HCs. you're trying to be perfect in front of all the executives. Right. And yep. then at the end of it all, <laughs> get on the field and run and the, then, yeah, the do your fastest best. 40 you can do. run. Do the best shuttle, you know, shuttle the drill most, you can run. The most stressful part of it for me had to be a combination of the meetings with the with the front office mm -hmm. at, at the in the evening mm -hmm. times, right? And one one meeting might be with a coach, another meeting might be with a GM, right? You just don't know. Um, pressure. And pressure. yeah, there's a lot of pressure, pressure. bro. <laughs> and the the health check that to me wore me out. I remember going and having to get X-rays, and I had my foot, I blew, I had to list Frank, yep. and Adrian Peterson had the collarbone. So I remember us literally being at the hotel, I mean, being at the hospital longer than anybody. Like the shuttles were gone. Everybody was ghosts. We are literally sitting there back to back in one of those rooms that looks like Saw. <laughs> and we're just sitting there passed out. You want to play a game? Yeah, exactly. We're sitting up there passed out. And, and we're just getting x-rays and MRIs. And, I mean, we're just testing us at the wazoo. And then when you go in these rooms, you're literally in a ballroom. Yeah. And there's there's tables all the way around the ballroom. And there's one little table, training table, in the middle. And they're like, all right, go in there. Um, this is so-and-so. Go sit down. And they have a little manila folder. They mm -hmm. open it up and they read off all your injuries. Anything that's ever happened to you, they read it off, and then they say, all right, this is who he is, and then whatever doctors from all the teams that are interested in you come out there and they start prodding on you. Mm. And you're literally, that's if, if there's intense. something that's still ailing you, yeah. they know about it, and they are trying to get you to wince, they're trying to get you to twitch, they're trying to get you to, you know, yeah. anything, and you have to try to keep the straightest face possible because you even just... Even this, even this, even like, oh, that, oh, 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 right oh, that oh we got there, yeah. oh, we got there. Right. And like when I did it, I had just got out of my second foot surgery, which was they had put oh. screws in my foot and then they had taken screws out. So I wasn't, I was supposed to still be in a walking boot, which I wasn't going to be walking around in a boot at the combine. Right. Yeah, come uh, on. Now. I wasn't supposed to throw, but I couldn't run, so I'm like, I'm definitely throwing. Right. So. They got there and they literally started turning on my foot. They're pulling on my foot you and torturing it. Face. What? The whole Bro, time. Bro, the whole time. When you talk about, <laughs> you ever like hold your breath because Yo. something hurts so bad that yeah. your heart rate is like just beating yeah. out your chest? But you're like, mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That foot was yelling. Got, mm -hmm. That foot was yelling. Bro, I literally, no doubt. Y'all know I'm not a crier. I no, got out not. of there, bro. Oh, no, bro. I got out of there. I found the the, 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 the smallest <laughs> corner I could. And, bro, I was letting it out. And I was talking to my agent. I was like, I'm going to kill him. I, I was so angry. I was so angry. There was one specific team, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to lose it. Are you going to tell the team? Oh, it was the Dolphins. Oh. It was the Dolphins doctors. Oh. And then and then they flew me in I figured for, for a visit, pre-draft visit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because I took three trips for a pre-draft visit. Did you John Elway no, them? Huh? Did you John Elway them? Like, Bro, I'm not going to you. Yeah, so Sorry. I, I did Miami, Jacksonville, Dallas, St. Louis. Mm. That's what I remember. Mm. Right? Uh, yeah, so Miami flies me down there. And checks me out and then calls me, wakes me up draft morning and says that they were going to take me like at the top of the second day. And then they chose like a punter or a kicker or something like that. And I was just like, so you guys twerked on my foot. You made me fly from Seattle to Miami. And then you called and woke me up on draft day. And then you didn't draft me. Okay, good talk. Yeah.
Did you ever get to play the Dolphins? No, we played the Dolphins. When I was playing with the Patriots, yeah, we played the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, okay. played the Pets, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that works. That'll take you. A little bit of a chip <laughs> so, on the shoulder against the Dolphins. I mean, that's that's the thing about the combine because the most important thing is the medical checks. Oh, that's what's gosh. most important for the teams. Yeah. That's the most intense part for the players. I mean, that is the 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 behind the scenes that fans don't see. I mean, we got multiple tweets because we got there on Monday mm. and we left on either. Friday or Saturday. And so when we we were there throughout the entire week and we got text messages or tweets was like, why did you guys leave right whenever the combine starts? It's like, bro, the combine combine starts on Sunday week. (laughs) It had been going. We were there from early Monday morning. All of this stuff that Isaiah is talking about right here Mm -hmm. and the meetings with the players that started early in the week, Monday night or Tuesday morning. That's when all of that stuff started. So, yeah, the, the combine drills. And guess what? It's easier. We were in the stadium. They've never let the media in the stadium ever before really? this year. Before this year. Unless you were NFL Network. I saw your seat. How was that? It, it, it wasn't very inducive to what we were trying to do. Right. It's not easy to watch those drills in the stadium. <laughs> no, I wouldn't imagine. It's, it's much better to, point, watch, it it much better to watch it on TV. Yeah. So, much better to watch so it on that's TV. So that's why, I mean, us leaving to, to watch the drills at home on TV. It's actually I mean, doing better work. Yeah, doing honestly. better work. Did but, you feel like you were a part of it? Like, like, I guess, what's, what's the best example I can use? I would, much, as much as I love WWE, mm-hmm. unless it's WrestleMania, I would much rather watch it at home. Because when you watch it on TV, you hear the commentating, you see, get the close-ups, and you yeah. get to hear it, yeah. you see it, and you're engaged, and you see the names, and you see the times all live. I would imagine it's a different experience when you're at the combine, sitting there in the stands. It's like, you don't get all that data all the time. I don't know if they display it on the screens. I'm not sure. From from a fan standpoint, I think it's cool. I really do. I think it was really cool to be in the building, to at least experience it, to kind of see. But... You get so such good access mm. from the television side of the yeah. combine because you can hear the conversations on the field. They have these nap mics. They have this this production value to where, like you said, there are close ups. You can hear the conversations. You can look at at the coaching and the uh, whoever's running the mm-hmm. drills, and you can kind of hear what's going on. Whereas whenever whenever you're in the stadium, you're put in a designated media section Mm. which is the opposite side of the start line from the the 40-yard line it's not the best angle so by the time you see the player 40 yards away from you he's already run 65 yards and then the the vertical jump was on the very far side i think the best time to be in the stadium is probably when they're throwing with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers that's probably when you can actually see it on the field and have some sort of recollection of what's going on Whereas everything else is much better to watch on TV, mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. It was really cool to go and to be a part of the, the drills and to see it. Absolutely, but that's not the that's not the most important part of what we were doing at the combine. Yeah. What we were doing was talking to executives, talking to coaches, talking to scouts, talking to agents, and trying to figure out and, like Patrick said at the start of the show, build the board yep. in our own right. And we were able to do that. We had, we were able to oh, we had put together ton, some really good a stuff. Ton of conversations with these prospects, man, and and these young men. Uh, you know, kudos to them. And I, I try to offer congratulations to them before I led with any question because I mean, to get to this step alone, sure, it puts you far beyond uh, beating the odds. Okay, so now you're just one step away from realizing your NFL dream. But you know, these these guys. I mean, they've they've worked their butts off, mm-hmm. um, and now now comes you know. <laughs> teams have to make their decision now yeah. uh, start to at least build their board. And I, I had a, a conversation with Will McClay, um, and it's interesting because 
I wanted his take on the challenge of walking the line between starting to build your big board effective immediately while also knowing the unknown is present as far as free agency is concerned, because you don't know which of these in-house free agents you're going to be able to retain or not retain. But I was wondering, okay, you, you realize it's a fluid situation with your big board. So do you kind of just start putting some value on some of these players as far as the, the prospects are concerned? But then you say, let's put a pin in this position because we mm-hmm. might retain Dalton Schultz. So we expect to keep Donovan Wilson at safety. And Will McClay, as, as blunt and succinct as ever, he was like, one thing does not impact the other. He said, we're going to build our big board irregardless of positional need, irregardless of what happens in, in free agency. And then we know that our board in April is true. It's true. It's completely unaffected by were we able to retain Dalton Schultz? Were we able to retain Donovan Wilson? I found that very interesting. And you guys and, and gals, because Aisha Morrison was present as well. Yeah. And also, shouts out to Dan Brugler, just a monster. <laughs> you, you guys had a fantastic show, the draft show episode with Will McClay, when yeah. he really dove deep into that as well, as well as other items like offensive line versatility and things like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, and you should be because you're elite, Go back and check out each one of the draft show episodes from the Combine um, that Kyle and, and Aisha and, you know, uh, Haley Sutton that they were present on. And you're just going to get some fantastic content and insight more than anything on what Will McClay is looking to do going forward in this draft. It really was a, a fun conversation. And Will's great. He's always been phenomenal with us. And, and shoot, he's phenomenal in terms of drafting as well. And a big reason for that is his mindset. And that's actually what I titled the show was McClay's Mindset. Yep, yep. And he did dive into that. And it is interesting because there is a balance between free agency and the draft every single offseason. You can let your draft influence free agency, but you should not let your free agency influence your draft. The way that it could affect it is not by the way they build the board. The board is going to be true. One through 350 or however many prospects they have on the board – they're going to have that board stacked the same way whether or not Dallas goes and trades for Aaron Rodgers or they go and trade for I don't even know. I'm just throwing out dumb names. That's just the part of it. It could change drastically, though, because on draft night, depending on what happens in front of them, that scenario is what's going to dictate how they go down that board yep. or who they go to on that board or how far down they go. That's how it'll change. It was really interesting to hear Will McClay talk about how there is no correlation between building the board, but depending on who you pick off of that board, that's what's going to happen because of what happens in free agency and what happens in the draft beforehand. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a quote that I put in a story that I wrote around Will. Um, and it, the other question I had that I was interested in is how – how true is it that the how true is the narrative and, and I know the answer to this, but I wanted his answer to this. How true is the narrative that the Cowboys lean far more heavily on need versus best player available in the NFL draft on a perennial basis? So here's Will's answer. Quote, everybody's got needs and everybody will say, oh, you have to draft the best player available or the position of need. It's a combination of the two. Mm. It's how you navigate that and how you truly value the player. That way you don't push guys up the board because of a need. You want to keep it consistent so you can consistently draft well. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it directly from the mouth of the Budweiser Clydesdale. 
Okay, not just a horse. It's the <laughs> Miller Lite Clydesdale. The Miller Lite Clydesdale. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts out to the sponsor. Um, you heard it straight from the horse's mouth. The Cowboys and Will McClay specifically in conjunction with Stephen Jones in the scouting department, they're looking at a mix of BPA and need. One of those two things are not tilting the scale. Mm-hmm. And that is great to hear from McClay because that lets you know that, that the days of, you know, Gordita Charlton – are behind us, right? Gordita. Because they're not drafting to fit a scheme. Was that a like, hate on a Gordita? No, it wasn't a Was hate. Was that a hate? No, no, it was just, you know. Okay, I was about to say, we're, uh, we're going to have to we're gonna have to talk about that. Oh, no, absolutely not hating on Gordita. Okay, it's all fantastic. right. I'm just, just saying, like, sure. I just wouldn't want a Gordita playing, you know, rushing my pass. No, passion. that's probably That's fair. all I'm saying. Um, so, and no shade to a guy like Rob, Rob Meridelli, who is a great human being, a great respected coach in this league. But one of the biggest knocks to Rob Marinelli was that he would pound the table to draft to fit his scheme and not necessarily the best, most talented player who might be able to play that particular position. So nowadays you're seeing guys like Michael Parsons come off the board in the first round with the Cowboys. You're seeing guys like, oh, CeeDee Lamb's still available. We And none of the Cowboys mocks that year, 2020, did they believe that he'd be available, but he was, and they was like, oh, scrap everything, we're taking we're this taking guy. We're taking the guy. We're taking this guy. So you love to see that, and then you love to hear the confirmation, the affirmation from Will McClay that that's where the Cowboys are. And let me reiterate, just because I know somebody might take this and run with it, that trade that I mentioned and the name that I mentioned are not happening. That was just a uh, dumb hypothetical. So yeah. Just want to put that back out there. Just conjecture. Just me being me. All right. When we come back, we're going to transition from a little bit of combine talk. We're going to talk about a tag. So we've got the tails of the combine. <laughs> we've got the tag. You're it. Tony Pollard's it. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA Equal Housing Lender Credit and Collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. This is how we country. Country music's party of the year is coming to Fort Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's brightest stars together under one roof. And no one does country quite like Texas. Witness history on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. You're a big country guy, Isaiah. Yeah. My countries I'm going to get is going to this rodeo. Mm-hmm. Rodeos this weekend, boys. Where, where is Woo! that at? Over there at the, uh, at Globe Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, in Arlington? Dog over by rap. AT&T? Doggone right, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know what else is over going on at AT&T this weekend? Uh, stadium tours? Yeah, of course. Stadium tours. Okay. I mean, yeah, definitely. What else? Line that up. Uh, there might be a little RV show over there. Mm. You know what happened at AT&T Stadium this, this past Saturday? That was a uh, fun town RV. Yeah. They were for a little while. Oh. I, I think they're still a sponsor. Oh, at least they're Huge. Still yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they so do great something. work. They're taking over the stadium. So there's something weekend. fun going on at AT&T Stadium. It's free. This, past, this past Saturday was a uh, uh, monster. The monster truck. Rally. Monster truck. Yeah. Yeah. Monster jam. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go? Did you go? Yeah, I took the family. Nice. Took the family. You have good seats. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, cowboys. You take that earplugs. There's some perks to working for the You got perks. Yeah. I was about to say, I never kid. got any tickets. I didn't, I didn't get, I you didn't, didn't RSVP. Email. You, you didn't reply to the email. Oh, you got what an email? email? I didn't get an email. I didn't get an email. Wow. I don't know what to tell you guys. So it was the uh, reason separation. I, I guess we need I to talk to Derek about that email. That... <laughs> no, no. They sent the email. Just RSVP. I don't forget those emails. But, yeah, I went with the fam, and it was fantastic, and the little ones just had a blast. I had as much, if not more fun than they did. I've always been a huge monster truck guy, yeah. like ever since I was a little boy. Who won? So, um it, it was almost zombie. It was mm. zombie. Gravedigger won, though. Gravedigger. Gravedigger won. Dog. Yeah, Gravedigger won. Zombie was right there, and he made it to the finals in, in the race competition, but his truck, his motor, I don't yeah. think his motor blew. I think his fuel line blew. Bro, it gets right loud in there. Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. you feel it. <sighs> you feel it. See, you, just, you don't get that from an electric car and stuff. So. so, question for you guys. Yeah. Was there anybody at the combine that just ran up your board? Yeah, uh, a couple guys. Yeah. Nolan Smith definitely ran. He ran up the board. He ran off the board. He ran <laughs> past the board. I, I don't even know. I mean, a four three nine as an edge rusher out of Georgia. That dude moving. There was a slim hope. Slim hope. And by slim, I mean super slim. That he was going to fall to twenty six. That's out the window. Gone. No, he gone. He's a lock. Go Somebody's going to go grab him. Four three nine, bro. Mm-hmm. Faster than Saquon Barkley, faster than Christian McCaffrey, and he's an edge rusher. Mm. Did Darnell run up your board any? A little bit. I liked what he did on the sleds because that was kind of man. He manhandled the sleds. Did you just explode it through the sleds? Yeah. So I liked what he did there. (laughs) Hands are still a big-time question, but, man, as a blocker, he could be fun. Not a 26. Don't give me a 26. No, 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 no. If he's there at 58, I would consider I was going to say day two, early day two pick. Yeah, I would consider. If if he's in the third round, somehow he slips because of the hands or because of the worriness of the size. He's six foot seven for all those listening. Tight end, uh, six foot seven, tight end. Freak. If if he if he's there at fifty eight, I'm okay with it. 
if he's there in the third round, I, I will I will run to Kansas City to put the card in and know that it's not a bet. I'm not actually going to do that. So, you, so but you know what position I'm looking at? What are you looking at? Interior O line. Was there any dogs? On the interior O-line, I know it's not a popular position to watch at the combine. I was about to but... say, it's not really a position that pops. That's yeah. like a senior bowl position gotcha. where those guys really jump out. And Cody I mean. Mock out of North Dakota State was one of those guys. I did like Osiris Terrence, though. I did like Osiris. Torrance did Torrence. play yeah. out of Florida. Osiris yeah. Torrance, he, he measured in where he needed to. Okay. His playing weight in the season was 346. Mm. That was his playing weight. Mm. At the Senior Bowl, he was at 337. Mm. Now he's down to 330 mm. at the Combine. And that's what's going to be the official weight on everything is yeah. 330. That's a small person. That is a still a massive human being. <laughs> that, is, that is good momentum. I mean, he's lost 16 pounds, mm-hmm. and he looked better in the Combine than he did even in the Senior Bowl just yeah. a couple months – or about a month and a half prior. And, oh, by the way, he – Confirmed he had a formal meeting with the Cowboys. Yes, he did. So formal. there's also that. Formal. Yeah. Mm. Keep I, re- an eye. I remember Keep my an formal, formal meeting Torrance. with Mr. Jerry. Yeah. How was that? Tell us formal. about it. A little bit of pressure. Was there mm. a McGriddle and some salt present? Or? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember, I used Son, I need you to take this McGriddle. <laughs> it was cool, Eat it with man. some salt and let me see how you react. That's where they were trying to get you to win. I was so just, I don't know, just blown in the wind at that time. Because yeah. my, draft, my draft stock was in limbo. I didn't know what position I was going to get drafted as. Yeah. Um, I played quarterback, but people wanted me at a thousand other positions. I was coming off a foot injury, right? A really bad foot injury. I didn't know if I was going to get drafted. But they didn't make you day wins. one, day two. I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I had zero idea. There's so much speculation as to what mm-hmm. could have happened. Had I ran my forty, I mean, it would. I'd have been gone. You know. So it's yeah, yeah. it'd been way up there. Um, so it was just. It was just what it was would you just, have run? I asked run? my track coach. I literally, because after I saw the Florida uh, Florida player uh, quarterback run his time, I sent it to oh, my coach. Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I sent mm-hmm. it to my coach. My coach said, you would have ran a low 4-2. A low 4-2? Well, he ran 10-9 in the 100. I ran 10-4. Low 4-2? I'm telling you what my, my coach said. That's like, that's like record set. I mean, John Ross ha- holds the record. Yeah, what's that? he go to? I think, uh, huh? Huh. You huh. dug. <laughs> You know. There you go. Hey, but we're he went about 15 years after you did. Very though. much so. And he was a lot smaller than me. Yes, he was. Mm. Hey, but we're you, supposed had to be long, you had the longer career. Yeah. Well, that's no, funny. no. He's back. Where's he at now? Kansas City. That's right. He's on their practice squad, right? No, he, he, they signed him to a futures contract. Uh, he's going to be a problem. They, okay. They always revive people. Yeah. Here he goes. But uh, we were talking about the game of tag. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the tag. Freeze tag. I love tag. Yeah. Is this a a freeze tag or is this a a (laughs) warm-up for something to come? Well, my understanding and and my expectation before they placed the tag, and for those that may not know, the Cowboys officially placed the franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard on yesterday, one day ahead of the NFL deadline, which is today at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, That's going to buy the Cowboys until July 14th or 15th to negotiate a long-term deal, and I expect that's what this this is for. Hmm. I expect that they are looking to get a long-term deal done. It is a placeholder, and in my estimation, you talk to Jerry Jones uh, at the Combine, Jerry Jones basically said we have quote we have big plans for Tony Pollard uh, end quote obviously you hear something like that from the owner and general manager 
nothing about that indicates it's a one-year situation, Correct. right? They want Tony Pollard here for the long term. Awesome. It's just a matter of getting it done, if they can, prior to July. But what it does do is keep other teams from being able to negotiate with Tony Pollard while the Cowboys are trying to do their own <laughs> negotiations, and that's the big part. because you did a bubble. Not, yeah, you did not want Tony Pollard to hit the open market. And I, I realize that some people are saying, well, you know, you're, you're guaranteeing, worst case, you're fully guaranteeing him $10.1 million for 2023 with him coming off of an injury. But keep in mind, yes, there was some, you know, ligament damage that needed to be repaired in his ankle, but the primary injury was a broken fibula. That can heal, set Bone, easily. Yeah. I don't I don't even expect that he'd be he'd start training camp on the physically unable to perform list. I'd be surprised if he did. So uh the Cowboys obviously you know, it's their medical staff, which I've said this before, I'll say it again, the best in the world, yep. the best in the world. And if that medical staff looked at Tony Pollard's injury and the recovery time and, and all of the data and looked over at Jerry Jones and Will McClain, Stephen Jones, and said, oh, yeah, by all means, we're, you, you should be totally fine with at least $10 million for this guy. Then who am I or anyone to sit back and say, oh, well, we have concerns. Show me your license. You know, I have more <laughs> faith in this training staff than probably yeah, anybody. This I spend way too much time with them. Um, do you think that there may be a little hesitation now when they speak about the health and projection of the return of Tony Pollard and what he can come back to based upon what for the front office saw from Michael Gallup this year? Different injury. It's t- and, absolutely and different injury. Same thing with Zeke. Absolutely. Different injury. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of people are comparing timing. it to, to yeah, Zeke, too. Yeah, totally different. All three situations are very Completely unique different. in their yes, own right. Agreed. With Tony, I'm not as worried because it's a fractured foot, ankle, foot. fibula. It's fibula. a fibula. Yeah, it's so a shin. Yeah. shin. Yeah. So it's a fracture. It's not a ligament. Right. So it's bony. It's easier to heal and it's quicker to heal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Patrick was going back and forth with some people on Twitter yesterday. Made me laugh. I actually giggled a little bit while we were getting ready for a broadcast. Thank you. And <laughs> he screenshotted the date. He screenshotted exactly. it and he quote tweeted somebody who was who was having some trouble talking about Tony Pollard and his return. It's March seventh. Thank you. Yeah, we're in March. Like, yeah, yeah. training I, camp. They don't report listen, for listen, training camp until July twenty fifth. We're okay. I we're just, fine, I'm everybody. just throwing it out there. I have no issues, and I, I don't I, think there's I'm, any no, worry. Yeah, I don't think there's any worry. But I'm just saying, you know, there was a lot of faith, you know, given to that to that department, and Michael Gallup did not come back. The way that I know that this team no, you're hoped, right. right? So I wonder if there's any any little crack in the armor there in terms of your faith in regards to their expertise. No. I don't. I don't have any. No. I'm, I'm saying like that's just a natural feeling, right? No, it's I like, mean, hey, you said Michael Gallup was going to be good. I, the reason I say no is this, and and you make a valid point, but it's injury versus timing as well. So the injuries mm-hmm. are wildly different. It's a broken bone versus uh, a torn ACL. Massively different things. But also look at the timing of when the injuries occurred and when the players are coming back. Tony Pollard, again, as as Kyle uh, stated, I screenshotted. What is today's date? Right. You it's March mm-hmm. and early March at that for you have between March and the start of training camp, let alone September, which is when regular season kicks off. Yeah. OK, so even if they wanted to take it easy and, and be more deliberate and cautious and training, he wouldn't camp, see a, he's, a he's not going to see a single preseason at preseason all. Snap. Yeah. yeah. First and foremost, Tony Pollard is not stepping onto the field for a preseason snap. So if the Cowboys played it more judiciously and that means you probably wouldn't expect him to be on the field until week one so now you're talking about between the injury itself happening in mid-january 
to early September, More than yeah. a fractured bone, yeah. no concern. Oh, but go. to the Michael Michael Gallup point, I guess the counterpoint would be if he was with another team, would he have even come back as soon as he did? Mm. So would he have been able to come back in October? Maybe it was November with another team. Maybe December. Maybe that training staff yeah. with you know the hypothetical team says, you know what, you just got to you got to sit this out. Yeah, understood. And, well, and, and, and they do an amazing job, and they have. A lot of guys that they have to nurse back every offseason. Sure. Right? Including this offseason. Looking back at Michael Gallup and the development that he had and knowing that he wasn't mm-hmm. who we thought he would be, what would you have done differently? I think Gallup's was more of a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he said it himself. I, I remember specifically a conversation I had with him about two weeks out of his return. And he specifically kept pointing to the the mental aspect of it. He he said, you know, I can make, I can run all the routes. I'm not getting any soreness in my knee when I'm out there practicing. I just have to get more confident with feeling like when I go up to high point this ball, that when I come down, I'm I'm going to be okay. Be fine. And you yeah. know because I feel you like somebody you, talked about that before. Who might it have been? I, I think oh. it was you. The Talking Cowboys yeah. show. Oh yeah, that. yeah. Mm. That, was, that well, show. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of wisdom. Well dressed brother mm. with with long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did yeah, say yeah. it. You so, did uh, talk <laughs> about that though. <laughs> I set you up. Yeah, the that yeah, the mental side. Yeah, yeah that's that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. It really, really is. And that was my concern with Dallas giving him as big a contract as they did. Not knowing if that aspect was being accounted for, but you, you can because never because know. I, exactly yeah, you can never exactly. Know. But, but yeah. that so that's that's the, that was my yeah, concern though. Physically, you're going to get back from these injuries, mm-hmm. right? Technology's come a long way. Medical staffs are amazing, right. right? Resources are amazing. Physically, can be accounted for. The mental is what can be that's accounted a harder for. One to kind of get no, because the training staff has no. No jurisdiction on that. That's what the player has to bring. Exactly. And you think about some of the other players that have come in and either been evaluated or are already here and have been injured and they've moved on from. This training staff knows how to tell the front office Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. In tough situations. Correct. I don't want to throw names out there of free agents that they've turned away. Uh, A specific in-house. What about Lyle Collins? Lyle Collins, after the hip injury, was Mm -hmm. never the same. That's a hard decision. They saw him trending in the right direction prior to the injury at right tackle. Thought he was going to be here for five to six, maybe seven or eight years. Not the case. He got hurt. Never was the same. This training staff went out and said, hey, there's an opportunity here to maybe upgrade because Terrence Steele's in the wings. Mm -hmm. We don't think that this training staff or this injury is going to really be the same. And it never really was. So because of that, they moved on from Lyle Collins, and, and, and it works out. Such similar a valuable to, piece similar to for Blake this organization. Similar to, to Blake Jarwin. Jarwin's Blake Jarwin's another Jarwin's great another example. Yep. The Cowboys Injuries. had some some high hopes for him that he'd yep. be the, the you know field stretching playmaker tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, suffers the torn ACL, comes back from that. It's not really the same. But when he suffered that hip injury, this training staff looked at the front office and said, "This isn't going to. Uh, he won't come back from this and be anywhere near the same guy." And hopefully, I mean, down the road, you know, you, you have to hope the best for a guy like that. But in the conversation of yeah. will the train is the training staff not only um really good at what they do but do they have the wherewithal to look Jerry Jones in the face and say you got to come off this guy yes we have examples but that's that's the thing is this none of this and none of what we're saying is breaking news no. that was known about Lyell yeah. that was known about Blake Jarwin that was known about plenty of other free agents in the in the market that never got signed because this training staff mm-hmm. wasn't comfortable but all of that is to say 
if this training staff looked at Tony Pollard and they had any sort of reserve Bingo. on him and his injury, science. they would have said it. That's the science. Instead, you have the tag here. And the tag, it's not it's not guaranteed he's playing for $10.9 million this year. One. 10.1. 10.1, whatever it is. Yeah. 10.9 was Dalton Schultz yeah, last year. 10.1 this year. It's Instead, it, it guarantees he's a Cowboy going into 2023. Yep. But the second thing it does is it allows for the conversation to continue. I think both parties, and I've said this on this show before, both parties can benefit from a long-term deal. Yep. Tony Pollard wants multiple years. He wants to be here. So he can benefit. Mm-hmm. Dallas wants multiple years. They can benefit from having Tony Pollard here. So I think by that deadline, which is April 15th, I believe, for, for the long-term deal, or is it June July, 5th? July 15th. July 15th. July 15th. So even further. You now have that window of opportunity to have those two contract talks, those negotiations to find a deal, and then all of a sudden the cap hits not nearly as much. You don't actually have to sign the franchise tag, yeah. and then you're moving on and you're moving forward with one of your best offensive it's, it's weapons. A, it's it's a, a much more positive and optimistic conversation between Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys organization over what, if we're doing a direct comparison, and recently we talked about Dalton Schultz last season – felt like there was a bit of contention there, Yeah. right? Um, especially after the uh, selection of Jake Ferguson and then the signing of Peyton Hendershot and undrafted free agency, kind of writing on the wall there, but Dalton had already signed his franchise tag, and then there's a little bit of contention because the deal hadn't been done yet. You know, go back, you, you can see the history of it. But the Tony Pollard situation is every everybody wants it done. Mm-hmm. Tony wants to be here. The Cowboys want Tony to be here. The Cowboys are trying to keep the tandem together between Pollard and Zeke, and that that becomes the next question because now you've you've guaranteed that Tony will be here. Question now becomes what can be done to financially make it palatable for the Cowboys to keep both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott together. Let's continue talking about that because how does this affect Ezekiel Elliott? <laughs> How does this change things for Zeke, or does it change things? Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to talk about it when we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Get a behind-the-scenes look at all things of the Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium and the Star presented by SeatGeek. Check out the locker rooms, playing fields, Super Bowl memorabilia, and a whole lot more. Get your tickets today at dallascowboys.com slash tours. Back on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Based off of our, our first segment, where we were talking tight end a little bit here, uh, <laughs> I put a tweet out there. Because I saw a lot of smoke this morning from oh, Cowboys Twitter. Cowboys Twitter, draft Twitter. I put it out there. I said, so now we're all okay with the Cowboys taking a tight end in the first round all of a sudden. Because <laughs> Dalton Kincaid out of Utah has now been a name. Darnell Washington from Georgia has been a name. I, I'm not there on it. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. There's some really good tight ends. I'm not okay with it unless it's truly the best player available. I'm okay with it if it's the best player on your board. I just have a hard time thinking there won't be another good player there for you to take at a better positional value. And, and that's kind of how I feel about not only that, but the running back position as well. And even if – and we'll see how things work out, and we'll talk about it in a moment as far as Zeke is concerned. Even if for whatever reason the Cowboys and Zeke part ways, you still have Malik Davis that you can come up and that you can bring up to RB2. But also the Cowboys, for the most part, have shown that they know how to find running back talent in the mm-hmm. mid to late rounds. So I don't see a situation. And for those that are saying, well, you know, what if B. I'm not even willing to entertain that conversation because <laughs> B. John Robinson is not escaping all the way to 26. I have him in the top 10, and I'd be surprised if he makes it out of the top 15. But what he's not going to do is make it to 26. So I would look more so at a guy like A-Chain out of A&M, uh, as a day two, if you if you were just hell bent on getting another running back, but at 26, and I realize the 26 pick is more more so early second round than it is late first round, if you think about it contextually. But I'm, I'm out on running back because you have a bigger need at cornerback. You have mm. a bigger need at linebacker. You don't know what's going to happen with Leighton Van Der Esch. I would like to see Leighton Van Der Esch come back. But there's no guarantee that that happens. And if he does not come back, we we love Damone Clark. But outside of Damone Clark, what do you have? You don't know yet about Jabril Cox. What is he going to be this coming year? He basically had a Michael Gallup season, right, coming off of that torn ACL. He just wasn't wasn't right, couldn't get enough playing time. So the linebacker core is another, another thing that you have. Safety. 
are you, are you guaranteed to keep Dono? No, you're not guaranteed because you used the tag on Pollard, which was smart because the tag on Dono would have been $14 million. I'm out on that. But I'm mm. all in on a long-term deal for Dono. Too many questions at too many other positions to sit here and say, yeah, I'm fine with tight end in the first round. No, nope. I'm fine with running back in the first round. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know what I, you know what I want? What do you want? Interior O-line, Kyle. Oh, yeah, we're going right back to it. Y'all going right, Kyle. So, interior offensive line would certainly help the run game. Yeah. With Tony Pollard. And blocking for number four. No, no. And Mr. Dak Prescott. Yeah, so, I mean. It, what about 21? Yeah, anybody. Anybody. That's, anybody so, in the back so, so, this is no, no, no disrespect to, to Zeke. I love Zeke. However, if the number doesn't make sense, obviously you're going to have to part ways. Mm-hmm. That's with anybody. Hopefully, that's with any player nowadays. Or they're taking care of themselves first, and you hope that take, take care, care of chicken. yourself fits in with your organization. Take care of your chicken. That'd be awesome. But the reality is, you got to take care of yourself. So if he can get more bread elsewhere, and it makes sense for him, taking into account all the all the moving expenses and the taxes and ramifications and all that kind of stuff, if it makes sense to stay here, awesome. If it doesn't, then wish him luck. Right. Uh, if you sure up, this is for all the people out there. If you have a beast of an offensive line. As Dallas had at one point in time, mm-hmm. it didn't matter who you put in the backfield. It didn't matter if you had a Murray. It didn't matter if you had a Zeke. It didn't matter matter if you had a McFadden. It didn't matter who you put back there. They're going to get 1,000 yards. And that's no slight on any of those guys and their abilities and their talents, but it doesn't matter who you have in the backfield because the running back talent level is so high in this league now. And that's no, that's no spite on any of these guys. But if you have a beast of an O-line, I could plug and play at the running back position. Now, that's not to say that some running backs are going to perform better than others. That's where I was going with But yeah. I'm saying that I can put anybody back there, and if I'm freaking bulldozing people out the way, guess what? There's 90% of the backs that made it to this level is going to give me four or five yards in a cloud of dust. And that's what you're looking for. Now, you look at the home run hitters. You look at the power backs. Now you got all those other things you can start getting into. Mm-hmm. But if I have a beast of a line, I'm not as concerned with the talent level of the guy that's behind them. Let's talk about Zeke. Does the with the talent level and the discrepancy there is that like you said, if if the m- number doesn't match, they're going to have to do something about the number, whether mm-hmm. that's cut or whether that's uh, a restructure, restructure. And, and maybe a cut and a re-sign where he takes a pay cut. Either way. There's probably going to be movement with Ezekiel Elliott in the next couple of weeks. Patrick, what do you expect that to look like? I'm of the the thought process, the same thought process that I've had over the past several weeks, several months, when I've sat in the same chair on the same mic, and I said, and again, this is me speaking for me. I'm not speaking for another man's pockets. I just feel like Ezekiel Elliott would be open to taking a pay reduction Mm -hmm. to remain in Dallas for a couple of reasons. Number one, he wants to remain in Dallas. He loves the city of Dallas. And oh, by the way, his best friend is the quarterback. He doesn't want to play with any other quarterback not named Rain Dakota Prescott. And in addition to that, he understands, and, and I love this about Zeke, the, the evolution of his mindset, the maturity that he's come into. He will openly and has openly said, uh, whether directly or indirectly, being able to tandem with a guy like Tony Pollard mm-hmm. extends his career. Absolutely. 
at the most brutal and punishing position in the NFL mm-hmm. that has the shortest shelf life of any position in the NFL, if you have, have, have found the sweet spot, if you're in a situation where your team has found the sweet spot, 50-50, 51-49, 60-40, who cares? You're going to get a ton of reps. He's going to get a ton of reps. Both careers are being extended. This, contrarily, is also – not contrarily, but spinning it around, this is also why Tony Pollard will want – Zeke to stick around. So you can also believe that Tony Pollard is probably in Zeke's ear saying, hey, Absolutely. you know, I want to stick with you. See what you can soften your stance a little bit, yeah. right? If your stance is hard and soften it, let's try His, to keep the band together. That stance is going to have to drop. He's going to be that, he's that's gonna have to take it, 33% of what he's that's making. That's where now. it becomes a, a challenging probably, conversation yeah. for the Cowboys. 21%? Hmm? 21%? Of what he's supposed to make this community? I'm just throwing out. Oh, it's got to be 33 yeah, it's got, I know what you're that, saying. That's where the conversation be, yeah. becomes challenging. It's it's what does Ezekiel Elliott and his reputa- representation view as a respectable offer mm-hmm. from the Cowboys? Because he still there is has a, certain, a value. He has value, and he has pride. So he wants to stay. But you, you, if you walk up to him and you say two million dollars, you like come on, no. come on. What's the optics? But of like, that, how much? Right? Okay, real straight up, straight question. I know we got you ready to get out of here. Straight question: How much money are you going to allocate towards your running back room? Oh, we talked about this a few episodes ago, and oh, people man. would know if they watched that episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is now you've got a you've got ten million you, wrapped up right number. now. I told you, I'm 16 to 17, and I'm fine with that because the salary cap is going up quite a ways, and you also have the ability. You're going. You're likely. Let me put it that way. You're likely going to try your best to extend Dak Prescott. That's going to free up tens of millions of dollars just with pulling that trigger, and then you have other triggers you can pull, other restructures you can pull to free up more money. I'm fine with a 16 million dollar running back room. When these are the two running backs you're talking about, it was 19 million last year, right? So we were talking two, three million dollar reduction, yeah. and you see the production that you get out of these two guys, and you see what happens inevitably when one guy gets injured. The, you have two one A. All right, let me ask you this question then. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, is it more important to have? Is it more important to retain both of those guys, or is it more important to get an all, all pro office alignment added to your interior line? Who you? You can do both. Yeah, you can. You can do both. You can. Okay. You don't have. You don't have to do one or the other. It's not a one or okay. the other. So do because both. Because like like we just talked about there with nineteen sprinkles are for winners. A little bit more than nineteen million <laughs> was what it was last year because you had Tony Pollard's rookie contract and Zeke's hit was eighteen point two. That actually takes a two million dollar reduction this year. Okay. It goes down to sixteen point seven. So I guess a, a, a million and a half reduction. If you can cut that down, the tag on Pollard is ten point one. Mm. You give Zeke. However much the three to five million, three to seven, seven still even pushing it for me. You're going to have what 15, 16 million dollars against the or allocated to the running back position. That's actually dropping down from last year. You can Great. take a couple of that, couple of those million, and go find your better. Still, I'll, I'll extend your formula and say this: We're doing this math based upon a ten point one million dollar franchise tag. If the Cowboys can't get a multi year deal on Tony Pollard, Agreed. now it's no longer a sixteen seventeen million Agreed. dollar room. The twenty twenty three cap between those two to get this type of production and insurance against each other, you know, potentially getting injured at certain points mm-hmm. in the season, that hit now becomes what are we talking ten twelve million? I like it. Yep. How about I like that? A, I like it a lot. Absolutely. I mean, that's seven million a year 
that you could allocate somewhere else. You need it based off of what was what was spent on running backs last year. Mm-hmm. And then that's enough forward. to get a good a good offensive line. Yeah, and then you get to revisit oh, the position. You want an All Pro, great. Yeah, and then you just revisit two the All Pro. We'll work on that later. Two All Pro offensive line. Okay, now you're getting greedy. All right, that's it for talking Cowboys. Isaiah's going to ask three All Pro offensive linemen by the end of the show. For Chris Beam, for Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next week on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!